Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Harry, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Harry Spate. Harry Spate is a leading keynote speaker, author, and sales consultant who has achieved remarkable success in sales. With over 20 years of experience in hyper-competitive sales environments, Harry has sold and led teams to tens of millions in sales. Coupled with his experience as a former missionary, Harry has a unique perspective on how to sell without being pushy. Harry works with individuals and businesses who want to step up their sales so they can thrive. He is the author of Sell With Dignity and is the host of the Sales Made Easy podcast. Harry, welcome to the show. Glad to have hey, you. Hey, it's great to be here, Jerome. What's the good word, man? I'm excited. Um, I was reading your bio, and one of the things that I like to do is I always like to make sure I, um, when I deal with authors, I like to get a copy of their book. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, of course. That's but, fair. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, Harry, how you got into the industry. Take us on your journey. Tell us in your own words how you got into sales so we can understand you a little bit. Okay. So I'm a huge believer that we're all in sales, Jerome. So I... Having been in sales for the past 20 plus years, I realized that I've been selling all my life uh, right from when I came out of the womb, even though I certainly don't remember that. I made my first pitch and I got what I needed from my mom. So from then on, we're constantly selling ourselves, selling ideas and so forth. But for me, professionally, prior to getting into sales, I did mission work and I spent a couple of years in the Dominican Republic. Um, did some other traveling and helping people living a life of adventure. Uh, and then my wife dropped this line about having children. And I thought, well, what can I do to support a family? And sales came to mind. And I built a sales career based on that servant mindset from the mission field and never was a great closer. You know, I didn't have the business acumen. I do now, but back then I didn't. And I just learned to sell based by serving and good things happened. I built a nice career and thus I wrote a book about it to help others. Awesome. Awesome. So can you tell us uh, a lot of people are afraid of the word sale. Uh, Can you give some perspective on that word and the philosophies around selling and what you mean by we're always selling? Yeah, so selling is really influence and in the same as leadership, they're very closely related. But if you're like trying to sell some, I mean, we say this all the time when we're in relationships, we say things like, what are you selling me on? Or what are you trying to sell me? Right? We say this without thinking because someone is trying to persuade us. They're trying to influence us. Mm -hmm. So I believe that selling can be and should be very natural. So the thing about uh, selling like this is that we put the other person first. We become great listeners. It's not about what we say. It's about what they say. So we learn about what their challenges, issues, whatever it is that they need that's related to us and our product. And then we offer our solution. And maybe it's not all at once. Maybe it's over the period of several meetings, maybe over the period of several years. 
but yes, yeah, so I look at sales as a very patient, influential way to approach it versus I got to close or I've got to be uh, super persuasive and have this great pitch and magical thing to say that's going to win me sales. I'm not like that at all. Okay, thank you. Um, in in like getting ready for this podcast interview, like um, I sent some information over to you by the uh, podcast scheduler, and one of the things that was mentioned was like shy and like introverts. Um, is it safe to say that you're like maybe an introvert? Well, yeah. So back in you know, if I reflect back on my life, there is I was not the outgoing kid. I learned to develop an alter ego so to speak. Right. So, which is interesting, but you know, sometimes you just say, and I think this is part of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. that you have to change sometimes the way you are so you can be more successful and hit the goals you want to hit. So I'm not sure if I'm really um, that way, but I do not prefer to be the loudest person in the room. Right. I don't look for the glamor. I don't mind it. But I'm not one of those that needs a spotlight shown on them. So I can take a back seat pretty easily. Thank you. Um, so I am like a kind of the opposite. And I'm like proud to say I'm like, I used to be shy and I'm like a big, big introvert. But similar to what you're saying, I was like, OK, in order to succeed, you, you have to adapt like another ego. And that's yeah. what I've done. So one of the things I want to ask you is. Based off that feedback that you've just given me, like you're like, I, I would prefer to take the back seat, and I don't always like the spotlight. Can you talk about like how someone that's like introverted and maybe shy can like be successful or succeed from your perspective? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think about the type of salespeople that you want to work with, mm-hmm. and if you're in a store, wherever you know, buying a car, buying a house. If the salesperson is constantly talking, not really asking you in-depth questions, they just want to get an answer so that they know you're a prospect, and then they start pitching. There's that type of seller, and then there are those who are just great listeners, will ask you questions, they'll ask things like, well, how does that make you feel? Or what have you tried so far? And they dig deeper, but all along the way, they're really listening. And most of us prefer to work with people like that. And I think that's a huge opportunity for introverted minded individuals that they can just serve, be a great listener and learn, right? You still have to learn. You have to learn how to ask for the business. You have to learn to ask what is the time frame, right? You have to learn to ask like, what are you, what else are you looking at? So you can adjust what you need to adjust to meet their needs, right? So those are some things that I would suggest, but I think that they have an advantage when it comes to a major account or a consultative sale. Yeah, I, I was just like, I have a mentor and I was just reading her book. And one of the things that she mentioned is the fact that uh, uh, we get like, most people are going to reject us and most people are going to say no. In fact, it's understood that across like all sales is only one to three percent of people are ready to buy. So that means a majority, 97 percent, right, of people are going to say no. So can you give us some input and some advice on like what we can do to get past that no and avoid discouragement about a bunch of people saying no? Yeah, well, I, like so sometimes what happens with salespeople is that they look for the magical thing to say mm-hmm. and I don't think there's really something magical. I mean, we refer to 
you know, sometimes when people say, no, I don't have any money or, you know, I don't really have the need right now. We refer to these as objections and we in sales want to get really good at overcoming objections historically. I don't look at it that way. I feel like we want to dig deeper, ask additional questions, but I don't like the back and forth. Like they raise an objection, we overcome it. We're not necessarily aligned that way. So having conversations, learning about people, uh, understanding them, recognizing sometimes they say no simply means not today. But are they a good candidate for what we have? And so if we build our, our funnel or a group of people that we're calling on that are people that are good candidates versus trying to force a fit into something that someone that is never going to buy, that's different, right? So we want to get rid, not get rid of, but tighten up our funnel, right? Our audience of people that will, could eventually buy, may not be from us, but from somebody. Those are the ones we want to spend our time with generally. Thank you. I appreciate that. So one of the things that we do as professionals, right, at, at least the ones I know, like you, you become an author, right? And you're talking about like the selling and you're talking about selling with dignity and your book, the, the name, can you tell me the name of your book is selling, selling with dignity, right? Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about selling with dignity uh, and then tell us like how that book is different than the other sales book based on like your philosophy and some of the stuff you've given us so far? Right. So I uh, appreciate the question. So selling with dignity is really about treating others with dignity, mm-hmm. treating yourself with dignity and treating the craft of sales with dignity. Mm-hmm. So when people and if you think of dignity, if you think of honor, you think of something that's really um, like uh, almost like holy. Right. Something that is the way you're going to treat it with complete respect. And, you know, so many today will look at sales as like, I'm just going to make a lot of money and I really don't care about people. I just want the Rolex. I want the Porsche. I want the big house. You can get all of those things by doing the right thing for people too. You can get all of those things by selling with dignity. I'm not saying you can't have those things. I'm just saying there's a much better, healthier approach that by doing those things, by treating others with respect, treating yourself with respect and not compromising, then you can have a much better life and a much better career in business. Thoughts? Do you have a, uh, do you have a copy of that book with you? Is that it? Is it near? I've got it right behind me and I've got it right here. as Awesome. So is, do you have a a favorite chapter that, that you have in that book? Can you talk about that? Explore that a little bit? Yeah, I think the, my favorite is listening with empathy. Okay. Um, so yeah, and I'm really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about listening to me, but you probably have a question. So I'll let you go with that. No, tell, tell okay. us. Yeah. Yeah. So like, let's just, just talk about listening for a second. If uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm married, I might be doing something. My wife might be talking and then she'll say something like, are you really listening? And I can say right back to her, it's like, yes, you said this, this, and this, and this while I'm doing something else. Was I genuinely listening, right? The answer is no. I heard, right? I can let it digest, but I'm not really 
showing empathy, listening to understand, as Stephen Covey says in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. So in order to build real trust with people, we want to show this listening to understand versus attentive listening, which is I can repeat back. I took great notes, but doesn't mean I necessarily understand where you're coming from. And we're all different. We all have different backgrounds, different perspectives in life. And putting ourselves in the other person's shoes as them is really where the key is. Versus most people will say, well, I do that all the time. But we put ourselves in our shoes, <laughs> right? It's like that person should be like me and just snap out of it or get over it, right? But if we were like them, we would say things like, why is this person struggling with this? What is their background? What did they experience in life? Why is this a challenge? Because to me, it's not one, but to them it is. And I need to understand that. And that's listening with empathy. Thank you. Uh, can you tell us where we can get the book, how we can purchase that? Yeah, the book is on Amazon um, and all the majors, retailers, and you can go to sellingwithdignity.com and download a few chapters to see if it's a fit. Okay. Now, um, next, I would like to hear a little bit. I know you run a podcast, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit? Can you tell us about your podcast and how we can get access to that podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is also on sellingwithdignity.com. I have this name of the podcast. It's called Sales Made Easy. That was to help SEO when I started it, but it's it's all on sellingwithdignity.com. And really in that podcast, I interview sales experts that are aligned with my type of thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of them, right? It's not just, <laughs> there's, a, there's a big number of great people. James Muir, the author of The Perfect Close is on it. Uh, Simon Harris out of the UK was on it. Tony Morris out of the UK. There's just a lot of great authors that buy into this idea of treating people right, selling with dignity, if you will. And then uh, I'll also have business owners that are, you know, are successful, that have overcome challenges. And all that is part of the emotional intelligence because you need to overcome challenges to succeed in business. And if we give up, we sell ourselves short, then we're not going to succeed, obviously. So emotional intelligence is big. And I try to highlight that and how people endure and find motivation and positivity out of that. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I work with a lot of uh, sales professionals, a lot of agents, a lot of investors, and then like other business owners. And that's our, like we have to sell in order to succeed. So um, that that's really helpful. You've given us two like very helpful resources. You've given us the book, right? We can purchase your book. We can also go to your podcast and we can pick up some of these sales skills, sales strategies, sales tactics, and philosophies to implement into our business. Next, what I would like to do is I would like to ask you like directly, what are some recommendations for people that are hesitant to sell what do you say yeah well i think this again is all part of you know what is our purpose in life so i'm a believer and if you're if you have a calling like so whatever your business is or whatever what your goal is your desire mm -hmm. that's not just going to happen right we have to go out and make it happen we have to stir the pot right we have to come up with actions other than just the thoughts, right? It's the actions that lead to success. So 
you can't, uh, unfortunately, you can have the world's best idea, but if no one else knows about it, right, you can be the best person, the nicest person, the most understanding person. But if you don't get that message out, then, you know, it's the billboard in the desert. It's just not going to help. So think about what it is you want in life and then decide that it's you. No army is coming and you have to go make it happen and then take the steps, do what's get comfortable with what's uncomfortable, read, you know, great books. I listen to Audible as well. Growth Mindset is one by uh, Carol Dweck. Um, you know, just different things about positivity, motivation, and building your business. Jim Rohn is a great one to listen to for me. But, you know, Les Brown, there's all kinds of people that will help you just keep pursuing and don't let up. Because if you have a calling, which we all do, right, we weren't meant just to be robots. We just got to find it and pursue it. And some of us do, and some of us will regret, right? So I prefer to be the doer. Thoughts? Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And one of the things that you said is like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Um, doesn't matter how great your ideas are if there's no action behind it. So one of the things that I always tell my students, people that I talk to, right? Uh, I always say like the ideas are easy. That's the easy stuff. The implementation, <laughs> that's the hard part. So yeah. one of my favorite quotes I like to say is that, Ideas are worthless without implementation. You have to back things up by action. So um, I want to hear from you yeah. again, like on on the importance of like going out and backing that stuff up with action. Right. Because I meet a lot of great people and it's like you're like you have this amazing personality. You got these great things. It's like, what can we do with it? Right. Like we need to put back that by some action. So can you go a little bit deeper on the importance? Yeah. Of taking so simple things like um, let's just apply it to someone who's starting a business. Mm hmm. Nothing happens without conversations. Mm -hmm. So the key thing is have conversations with people. Like, for instance, someone might have this great idea. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but say there's no market need for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to have not only a great idea. If you want to succeed, the market needs it as well. Mm -hmm. right? So one of Jim Rohn's lines is, um, if you want to be valuable, bring more value to the marketplace, something along those lines, right? So if you have something that's going to bring value to the marketplace and there is a real need, whatever that is, then you've got to have conversations. If you can't have the conversations, that's where the money is, right? If you're saying, I'm no good with conversations, there's a very high chance that your business would fail. Right. There's like in five years, 50 percent of businesses fail. 50 percent of startups fail is a really high number after one year. If it's maybe 20 or 30 percent. But you get the idea. You have to have conversations, whether it eventually be with investors, whether it be your customers, whether it be with prospects. If you're just absolutely horrified about having conversations with people, I would say start with that first and get comfortable with it, whether it be getting involved in your church, getting involved in a nonprofit, get talking to people at the local grocery store, you know, at the cashier, you just have to start getting comfortable and understand that conversations is going to be the key to success. It's not just the ideas. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is the thing that I drive. We have to go. We have to go out and implement and we have to take action with that. Um, I would like to ask you, what is a common myth in the sales industry? Um, 
Yeah, uh, that's a good one, Jerome. I, I think about the myth is that there's a there's a book called The Perfect Close. Okay. Okay. I love the book, but there is no close, perfect close that's going to work every time, right? It's perfect for the prospect. It's perfect for the seller. And what makes it perfect is it's easy. But when people are looking for the magical thing to say, the silver bullet, you know, they can read books on a hundred ways to close the door, whatever. It's not going to get you where you need to be because people don't like manipulation. I've been manipulated before. I've been closed before. Do you know what I do after I've been closed when I didn't want to be closed? Send a little message back. Yeah, I'm really not interested. I know you want me to sign this agreement. I decided against it, right? Because I felt pressure and the person wasn't really after my best interest. They wanted the deal. I kind of felt too much pressure. I said, I guess this is all right. But no, it's not all right. And I canceled. Right. Will I ever want to do business with that person again? Unlikely. Right. Mm -hmm. Unlikely. So looking for the magical silver bullet is what people are looking for in sales. How do I be a better closer? How about this? Be a better listener. Mm -hmm. Be a better listener. Better relationships that will work in business and in life. And you cannot go wrong. Thank you for sharing that. There's um, like I have some people I work with and they're like, oh, what's like the magic script or and, and I'm like, it's really it's like, you know, yeah. it's different every time. Like one right. of the one of the biggest things in marketing is like every prospect and cus like client you deal with, it's going to be different every yeah. single time. We, I talk about like avatar a lot and like I. I have a colleague and he's like, it's the same. It's like, no, it's not the same thing. It's going to switch every time, every right. industry, every market, every individual is going to change, right? You can yeah. max, you can maximize your current resources, but it will change just about each time. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I love the, the fact that you need the starting point, right? Mm -hmm. You need an avatar so you can just narrow the focus down, mm -hmm. right? But if you're trying to be all things to everybody, that's difficult. But when you're speaking with someone that fits the avatar, mm -hmm. generally, right? So, for instance, if I was selling technology mm -hmm. to corporations, was my avatar, and I picked out a CFO and described her, the CFO, what she was like, and I said, okay, so this is a male CFO, but he does the technology. I'm in the right space, mm -hmm. but I'm certainly going to treat you know, I'm going to, because I don't know either of them, I'm going to ask questions to try to understand how they buy, what's important to them. And like you said, I might have a script in the beginning, right, to get kind of narrowed down and focused, but eventually I'm going to lose the script and just be, you know, I'm going to know what questions to ask. And then I'm going to let my listening and empathy take over. And then I'm going to lead to an outcome, which is hopefully another conversation. Not yes. a sale on a higher ticket item. In a good way, I like for, for the audience to understand is like marketing is like broad. That's where you get your avatar and you, mm. you target like a bunch of people and then sales. That's that's where the you make the real money. But it's where, you know, that's the magic. It's focusing on that individual. You got that it. Individual man. person. So yeah. Great yeah. stuff. Marketing one to many, sales one to one. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm I'm glad I got that approval from you. No, I'm sorry, but it just, it's easy to remember, right? I never, I didn't really understand that, but you know, it's just, you know, 
you get you're getting the uh, reaff- affirmation from me on that one. Yeah, thank <laughs> so you. When you I think like that. It's important, right? Absolutely, it's, it's, it, it makes a difference. Uh, tell us, tell us about the more. Tell us the most important lesson you've learned over your sales career. Uh, I'm going to say, well, don't take yourself too seriously. Okay. Yeah, it's you know, ego can get in the way of a lot of things in life, and you know, we're not better than anyone else. We're going to have our downs as well as the ups. If we get too high when we're on the ups and too down when we're on the downs, it's uh, can be an issue. We could take that home. We could have that frustration. We start looking at our self-worth, so forth. It's like, no, people are potential buyers. It's not us personally, even though I, I can still feel it personally. It's just like you got to let go. And so after a big loss, you know, within a day, I'm back to normal. I'm, but I'm going to take that loss and kind of work myself through it, right? And just say, you know what? But I'm not going to be, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. And when things are super, don't think that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread either. So being balanced, don't taking yourself too seriously is, I think, is a key to longevity. Yeah, I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues the other day, and I was like, dude, my secret is like I'm willing to embarrass myself. I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to humiliate it. And I'm like, that's taking me a long way, right? So yeah, you're fearless. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. Jerome, that's not right. Okay, thank you. Right, because I can grow from it. Like you said, get yeah. comfortable with being uncomfortable. So that's yeah. highly, highly important. Yeah. So understanding though, like I, I do similar things where I'm very uncomfortable, but I probably don't do it the same approach that you do. Mm-hmm. But I have to. I'm like delayed. I know that eventually I'm going to do what I'm uncomfortable with. I'm just not going to do it today. And then I do it. It's like it might take me a week or a month or something. Uh-huh. And then I do it. Uh, but I'm like delayed reaction. So I admire when people are just like, yeah, so what I know what I need to do. I'm doing it today. And that's where I think you can be really successful. Thank you. And in your opinion, what's the most important personality trait and strength that someone needs to succeed in sales? Yeah, there's a lot of them, but perseverance. How, how, how about I make it more specific? Okay. So tell us about perseverance and then I'll make it more specific. So I will say to the most important strength of personality trait to succeed in selling with dignity. Is that fair? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, so per, I started with perseverance mm-hmm. because there is no overnight success. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just talk to people who are successful and you'd say, tell me what's your journey like? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says, I woke up in the morning with an idea and the next day I was making millions of dollars, right? It's never an overnight success, right? We talk about overnight success. It's like, it does not exist. Even Steve Jobs with great ideas, Bill Gates, incredible ideas. These guys were not overnight successes. It maybe didn't take as long, but they still had incredible stuff, but they had to go through the notes. They had to go through the challenges. So selling with dignity, I'm going to go with the, the greatest trait is love. And if you can look at people and say, I love people and I love the person that I'm talking to. And you look at what is good about that person and you're not judging the person and say, this person is 
a go-getter or this person's had a tough life or this person is just uh, someone that's super admirable or this one has incredible strengths and fortitude. It's like find the traits. And that to me is love is going to bring that out. And that's where the relationships will uh, develop in a much better approach than you trying to close somebody. Thank you. Could you tell us, so what's one lesson that, um, and more, I want to be specific again, in selling with dignity, what's one lesson that you've learned that everyone else should learn at some point in their life? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, all right. So I'll go with, um, let's see. So what is one lesson that I learned that everyone else should learn? I would say that if we're all in positions of leadership, leadership does not mean, and I say that because everyone has an opportunity to influence others. Even though you may not have a position of leadership, you're still an influencer in one way or another. And I look at that as if, if you look at leadership in any form as that you're somehow better or somehow smarter, or somehow over somebody else, you've got the wrong perspective. If we just look at it as serving, and I'm serving my family, I'm serving my employees, I'm serving my coworker, this is where um, you can really excel and I think if people get that, there'd be a lot less problems in the world because leadership, the abuse of it or misuse of it is everywhere. Thank you. Tell us about your biggest failure and what you've learned from that failure. Okay. Well, I'd say that um, <laughs> right, I'll go uh, off the record here. My biggest financial failure was me making some bad investments in real estate back uh, 15, 18 years ago, so maybe 20 years ago at this point. It was a complete disaster. I bought something hook, line, and sinker. I thought I was going to be one of these Robert Kiyosaki's make, using other people's money, blah, blah, blah. That was a huge disaster. What did I learn from that is that, number one, don't be so trusting. Number two, listen to advisors. Have a team of advisors and bounce ideas off of them. Don't go in it alone. Um, and if you just go with that, right? Get a team of advisors, someone who's got money, who's lived it, maybe is a little bit older, has got business acumen that can help you answer or ask the questions that you need to ask before you jump and say, this looks like a great idea. I'm buying, baby. That's where action without really thinking hurt me a little bit, <laughs> to, to say the least. Got you. I laugh about it today. But yes, I have some funny stories along those lines. Okay. If you could, so mention it 18 and 20 years, right? If you could go back and give your 18 year old self, self one piece of advice, what would that be? Well, for me at age 18, I was somewhat lost and didn't have, you know, I didn't really understand what kind of opportunities there are in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I would say is talk to at age 18, talk to the parents of your friends find out what they do, show interest, 
and the world becomes a bigger place, more with opportunity. So many young people today think that they just don't have opportunities. They have to take jobs they don't like. They don't even know what's available, right? So they think about, well, I don't want to work in an office. I used to say the same thing. I don't want to work in an office because I didn't know what working in an office was like. And I just looked at it as being in this, you know, horrible situation. But when I learned the sense of teamwork that was in the corporate environment, I really enjoyed it. I prospered with it. But for years, I thought it was something that I would never like. So if I had more conversations and I talked to people, I was like, what do you like about what you're doing? What would you wish is different? Those types of things uh, would have been helpful. And it's like, instead of trying to f- figure it out on your own. Thank you there. Uh, so you mentioned your wife a little bit earlier and something that I noticed is like, it's so important to have like a support system uh, and one of the best support systems or people that you can have is like a, a spouse. So yeah. can you talk to us a little bit about like that, the importance of having someone support you like your wife and, you know, how that's helped you on your journey? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, she's like the backbone, uh, <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, I, I think about just for your, you know, cause a lot of people are like me is like, where, what would I be without that steady rock that's there with me all along the way so sometimes people say well behind every good man is a woman so forth it's like you know i've got to view it side by side and i want to be an encouragement to her just as she is to me and we kind of look at things as a team so if i'm approaching a new venture i'm running it by her what do you think you know and you know it's it's a team decision thank you extremely important Thank you for sharing that. I I found that that is like super important just to have, you know, other people to support you outside of your business, have team, you know, family, kids, a spouse, that that stuff is vitally important. Um, So these questions are meant like I learned in the industry, like people want to sometimes they want to reach out to us. And it's like sometimes they just want to pick our brain. Sometimes they, you know, they want to add value. So I like to ask these questions. One, selfishly, but also so people can understand how to best serve someone when they're reaching out. So um, how can someone, the question is, how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? How can someone add immediate value to me or my business? Uh, Well, I'm not sure I'm following the question. So like, okay. how can I- so, so, so a good example would be like, um, like sometimes people just want to like, they want, for me, a good example is like, it's like Jerome, how can I support you or your business? I'll say, go buy a book or go buy a course or go write a review on my podcast. Those are ways to give me like immediate short-term value. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, so yeah, those things, those things work for me. But I, I'd say like and where people, I think where the key is, is like when I'm having a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how can I support that person, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, when I'm doing it is like I want to find out what their challenges are, mm-hmm. right? What, what would you like to see differently? Or what, what's thrown you off about the journey? Or what surprised you? And you're asking these questions. Then you can find out, it's like, yeah, I didn't realize it's going to be so tough. And then you're talking about, you know, what keeps you going. And, the, and you're finding ways based on the conversation as to how to support people. 
like a challenge. I was talking to someone recently about uh, one of those things that I'm trying to do more of is video. So I'm doing, you know, these shorts on YouTube and Instagram. It's, you know, it's, I'm learning, right? It's, awesome. you know, I'm boldly going where I never dreamt that I would be going, right? But I'm doing these things. And so someone might say, who's got the experience might say, are you open to a little advice on this? It's like, mm-hmm. you're doing great, but you know, if you did this, it would be a little bit, you, you get a little more views or you grow your audience or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I always enjoy stuff like that where people feel comfortable to offer something where I'm not going to say, yeah, that, well, yeah, thanks a lot, but who asked you? <laughs> right? I would never be that way. I don't know if that answers your question. It but- does. It does. And it gives me something and I'm going to try to give you that right now. So um, are your podcasts video? When you do your podcast, are they video format? I do video, uh, but I'm using Zoom. And one of the things okay. I was thinking about, Jerome, was moving to StreamYard or what, whatever, right? You're live streaming. Are you live streaming now or is this all being recorded? It's being recorded. It'll be live streamed like, later this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, so, I, I, so if they're being, uh, what I would recommend to like do the video thing for you, like this is where I can add immediate value, like on the spot, as I would continue, I would make sure like anything I do is via video. And then I would just have the video chopped up and like little bits and pieces of like maybe there's a nugget or something. I would have it chopped up into a short and I would post that on social media. And that's like a natural way that you can start to do that. And my second offer to you, like my second short term offer is like if you want this podcast that we're doing here, this video, you're more than happy to take this and you can do the same thing. You can chop it up and share that out as as video on your stuff. And um, yeah, you should be able to get out there and start getting those videos moving. Yeah, this is yeah, it's really great. I was just listening uh, I forgot who it was. Oh, uh, uh, Patrick, Pat, 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 something. He's on YouTube. Is it? Mm, Pat Flynn. Okay. Pat, Pat Flynn. He's got about a half a million followers on YouTube. But I just literally watched a video last night about growing your podcast. Uh-huh. And he talked about the video podcast. He says, so should you do a video podcast? Uh-huh or audio and can you just do an audio and add video to it and so forth and he started talking about the issues of it he said all right more pats on the back for you jerome but he said take your video podcast that you've already done he says unless you're joe rogan and you're in you're interviewing people that are famous nobody's going to want to sit through the entire video find Mm -hmm. the clips and do something with Eclipse and hearing it again from, you know, this is sort of like the way I look at it is the universe is saying, Harry, yes. this is, <laughs> you've yep. heard it twice I, in 24 yep. hours. You better start doing this. Right. Yep. So thank you. You're welcome. You got the content. All you have to do is chop it up. And like what you're saying, like I get a lot of people that are like, should I do audio? Can I just try audio first and then do? And it's like, no, just do video. And the reason why I recommend people do video is because the video you can do, it's it's like pictures and audio. And you can just pull the audio from there if necessary. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. And you can stream that video and do like so much that you want. So glad that I was able to help. 
And yeah, that's great. Reminder, like that's the best. Like that's a quick way you do it. You you start off with your podcast, and you just have those videos chopped up and sent out. And a really good thing to do is to put it on the shorts because the shorts will kick off, and you get hundreds and thousands of views based off the short form content, and you get people subscribing and coming to your your different channels. And Zoom is perfectly okay. I do recommend like uh, when you get like a little like when somebody when people advance and get a little more serious, like um, Streamyard is good. But this one that I, I really like. Uh, restream because it is like the most easy to use uh, compared to StreamYard and it does like a lot at once it'll stream to like all these platforms so yeah. I think we met on LinkedIn this will be streamed to LinkedIn YouTube Facebook Facebook groups it'll be streamed across all of those platforms and then like we'll also chop it up and do some stuff there restream is really really easy to use um, and it's, it's also very inexpensive so, okay great yeah. I'll definitely uh, give it a look at here later Okay, um, so uh, we're getting close to closing. I like to call it the closing table in real estate, and I have some okay. questions that let us know that we're closing it out. So, um, what are so I'm gonna get four from you. So I want you to give us three books that you recommend and why. And the fourth book, I want you to talk about your book and tell us why you recommend your book. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So three books that I recommend. I'm gonna go with. Um, the Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck, which I think is absolutely huge. Um, it's it's not only good for you, it's good for your family because we're around people that will say things like, I'm not very good at, fill in the blank. And whenever I hear that now, after even if I say it, or if I hear someone else say it, I immediately go to Growth Mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a hugely valuable book, recognizing that we are not who we are or who we were 20 years ago. We did things that got us out of the comfort zone and we did different things. We get to a certain point in life and then we say, I'm not very good at something, which is unfair to us because we learned how to tie our shoes. We learned how to ride a bike. We learned how to eat with a fork. We learned how to do math, you know, learned how to write our language, maybe another language. We learned all these things. We didn't stop at age four and say, I'm just no good at this. You know, I'm calling it in for the rest of my life. Right. So growth mindset is huge. Um, another great book that I'm a huge fan of is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People written in the 90s by Stephen Covey. Um, reason I love that book is that it's helped me to see that not everyone thinks the same way, that people have different backgrounds, culture, knowledge, education, understanding that makes you less judgmental in life. And finally, if you want to go with a great sales book, um, the perfect close by James Muir, I love the style. Uh, he just, he makes like moving the next step of the sales process forward. So easy peasy, calm, you know, it's like, here's, here's a great opportunity. This is what a lot of people think about would be a good next step. How do you feel? And then you go from there. If they say, yes, that's a good next step. You got the next step. If they say no, then you just ask, well, what would be a good next step for you? And there you go. So that's easy. And that so those are my three right now. And what, you said the fourth book. What am I saying about my book? Fourth book. Tell us about it and why we should pick that up. Okay. Well, so if this resonates with you, this is 
Life is sales. Selling is life. This is all about being a better person, which is going to make you better in sales. And that's what selling with dignity. So if it resonates, then I suggest that you check out a few chapters on my uh, website at sellingwithdignity.com, the book, and download a few chapters or, you know, find it on Amazon or on my website. You can get it there as well. Thank, thank you, Harry. What is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered Okay, so the question is, um, is sales easy for you? Okay, and I'd say that conversations are easy. Take the pressure off. It's not, we don't look at it as easy or hard. It's just look for the people that are going to buy from you and keep doing that. And it will take a lot of the stress off of sales by making it that simple. Just have conversations. Doesn't have to be easy or hard. Just keep doing the right thing, one foot in front of the other. Good things will happen. Okay. Thank you. How can listeners find out more about you online? Well, if they want to go to my website, I've got all of my social media there at sellingwithdignity.com. I spend most of my time on social, on LinkedIn, but you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter now, but all of those are connected off of my website. Okay. Um, so what I like to do is I like to close out the podcast. I got this from one of my guests. Her name's Duane. Uh, Duane's like, uh, she's like, I don't like to give my guests a long time, right? She's like, close us out with one word. So I'll pose the same thing to you, Harry. If you could close us out with one word, what word would that be? Serve. Serve. Now tell us why you picked serve. Because any situation that you're going into, think about how you can serve. Takes the pressure off. Thank you, Harry. Harry, this has been excellent. I appreciate you so much. So uh, we have uh, 12 minutes to the hour. I want you to sit here. I'm going to close this out, and then we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to talk about how I can get a signed copy of it. Okay. Sounds good, Jerome. This has been a blast. Excellent. Thank you so much.